0: It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Don's North Zone 1. Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson, as always, joined by Dave Galloway and this week by Stuart Duff and Dave. We didn't see that one coming, did we?
1: What a difference one game can make in changing the narrative on a manager and... A team, I mean, I forecast 3-0 Rangers. It was 0-0, and I hold my hands up, and, and you'll admit to it as well, when we heard that Andrew Shiny had said 0-0, we were both going, ha, <laughs> hey, good luck with that one. But it was a very good uh, showing by the side. It was, you know, every, everything you could have asked for from the team apart from a goal or two. And the manager says it was a more than decent performance.
2: Bags of effort as we normally get for the boys, but I thought certainly we had a lot of concentration and uh, nice and compact boys sticking to their task um, when Rangers constantly asking the question. And sometimes when you get those chances, you know, when you, you don't take them at a place like Ibrooks, it can be demoralising for players, but they never let their heads go down, they never shoulders never shrunk, they just kept going at it. So it wasn't perfect because we haven't won. Um, but it was a good performance, we deserved a draw, certainly. I thought we had the best chances in the game, despite Rangers having the majority of the ball. Um, but to keep this team, I've got such a high regard for the, this Rangers team, I think the way Stevie's got playing and how they, they can play around you, they can play through you, they can play beyond you, they've got a bit of everything. And uh, for us to, to keep them out with a clean sheet of day is really pleasing and it tells you uh, how well the players have done today.
0: Yeah, Stuart, I think off the back of recent results and performances... That one really did come out of nowhere. I think most expected us going down there, hoping not to get hiding <laughs> rather than down there and take anything from it.
3: Yeah, as you see, I think most people probably looked at that uh, fixture and you know they weren't really looking forward to it. Just with the form that Aberdeen had been shown in the, the previous few weeks, I think there was a bit of pressure on the 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 coaching staff and the and the squad as a whole. But to go down there and defensively be strong and like Derek touched on, he's you know they came away with uh, two or three of the best opportunities in the game. Always very difficult when you go down to these places uh, at Ibrox and you need to really take those opportunities when they come but at the same time, you know, be defensively strong. So I think overall it's a a good result for Aberdeen as a whole.
0: Yeah, Dave, I think the manager kind of answering some of the critics of recent weeks.
1: Yes, there was pressure as we know. It's a fact that a number of fans, a substantial number of fans were chanting for him to... GTF, shall we say, um, in Paisley last weekend. But, you know, he deserves an awful lot of credit for the way he's come out fighting and he's got his team coming out fighting. It's almost like they were determined to, you know, put two fingers up at their critics. Um, The manager, Derek, he's also
2: been having his say on that recent criticism. I can understand a certain level of criticism, and that comes with the territory. We take our point, we, we knuckle down, we've been through diff, tough spells before in my time here and I've shown and my teams have shown we always come through it. So we just knuckle down, work hard, try and ignore the noise, we just concentrate on what we do and that's working really closely together, me and the players, the staff, Monday to Friday and try and deliver better performances. I'm, I'm confident we'll deliver better performances in the second half of the season. We're um, no far off third spot where we want to be and we still think there's more to come for you, So. Um, we'll get there. Yeah,
0: sure. I think first of three big games this week out the way, and I think it was three games that really could be defining for Aberdeen season and possibly for the manager if they'd not gone well. But that that that's a bonus getting something from Ibrox.
3: That's you know you, you hear Derek speaking there. You know the it's probably a result that they were they were keen to get. You know to get something from the game. It gives the the squad confidence moving into these next two uh, big fixtures. Again, he touched on his ambition to go into third place and these two next fixtures coming up are, are vitally important You know, to get um, a few results. I've got full belief in him. I know how hard he works behind the, behind the scenes with the squad. Um, at the same time, I think it's... How would you say um, it? Aberdeen find themselves where they are just now because they get that critics because of how well they've done in previous years. It's very important. People are very fickle to jump in the manager's back as quickly with a few bad results, but that's just shown how far Aberdeen have come as a club. I think it's admirable the way they've they've dealt with it. Um, as you touched on, you know, there's going to be rough rough stages throughout the season. However, I, I've got full confidence that the squad that they've created now, moving into the latter part of the season, they'll they'll really push on.
1: Yeah, everybody's entitled to have their say, Stuart. But you, do you think some of the some of the criticism and the, the vitriol that's come the manager's way, especially, has been more than a, a little over the top
3: uh, I believe so, I, I understand everybody's entitled to their opinion um, you know, they, they go and watch they pay good money to go and watch the, the team home and away, Aberdeen have got a very good support, they always go to away games however at the same time they need to be a little bit open, more open minded with the manager, you know he is working very hard behind the scenes, they do have a talented squad and that's just a, a, a factor of how far Aberdeen have come like I touched on before, I think Going into this latter part of the season, I think they really will push on. Um, but Derek's a big enough, good enough manager. You know, he'll deal with this. He's been in far sticky, stickier positions, probably other other clubs. You know, this is probably the first time Aberdeen he's found himself in this position where there's a bit of a bit of pressure from the from the fans. But I'm sure they'll get right behind him with a few positive results.
0: Well, that's it. I think that Dave, that's, that was what we touched on in the show last week. I think it was there have been questions by certain segments of the support over the manager for a while. I think it was more than just that kind of vocal minority last week that that were kind of asking questions of him. And hopefully this is the start of the, the side answering them. But I think the questions were valid given recent performances.
3: Yeah, of course. I think, you know, you look at the performances, there wasn't, um, I think they, like some of the issues were defensively, they were, they were quite strong, you know, they weren't conceding any goals. However, on the, the flip side of that, the creativity, I think that was missing from a, a few of the performances. But they've got so much talent throughout that squad that, it's just going to take one one game really to to, to really get them going. Uh, I've got full belief in in the squad. You know, you look at the the signings that have come in. I think McGeoch, um will do a, a fantastic job. You know, he's a very very good player technically. retains the ball, makes things happen. He can actually control a game with the the tempo, creative wise. Moving forward, I think um, you'll probably see a more attacking. Aberdeen fullbacks, etc. You know, I think that was a highlighted on Saturday how more offensive Aberdeen were looking, and that's down at Ibrox as well. So that's that's a positive to take.
0: Yeah, well, this is our first show since the transfer window slammed shut. Mm. It never just closes, does it? Always slammed well, shut. Slams shut. It's <laughs> it's slammed shut. But thoughts on Aberdeen's business in this window? I, Miguel and Hernandez and obviously Wilson, Gleason, Viner all out on the final day
1: I, I think it's very good business it, it might be unkind to say clearing out the dead wood but um, you know the, the manager had to move a couple on that were you know never really going to get a game Viner's a different kettle of fish because he's injured his clubs recalled him and they now, they now plan to uh, give him a role once he's recovered from injury but I think the business that Derek McInnes has done in the transfer window, very good indeed. When I saw uh, Hernandez, his name, you know, I'd never heard of him, but looking into his pedigree for a, for a young guy, he's got a very good pedigree. He's packed a lot, in. he has played at a very high level, hasn't he? He's played in the um, the the Copa America. Copa America, um, you know. You know, and that's a very good standard, is not it? And he's also played not so long ago in the Under Twenty World Cup final, and the manager's description of him as well, he sounds like he can pretty much play anywhere down the right-hand side. So, you know, it gives him a lot of um, different options, doesn't it? And and also, it might help to bring Shay onto the next level because he'll be looking over his shoulder now going, ah, here's a proper right-back and he'll step into my place if I'm not, you know, coming up with the goods.
0: That's And I think when when I first saw it, it was a very almost un Aberdeen Derek McInnes signing. I think there's been a there's been a real kind of pattern to Derek's transfer business. Always fairly kind of through British clubs, mostly British players. And you you've always seen them somewhere else. We've always seen them up close. Very rarely have we'd gone and I think kind of going by the rumoured fees that are kicking about for this one. The club have put a bit of money into this. On on a on a virtual unknown to most of the support, certainly.
3: Yeah, I'm sure they've done a due diligence into the player. I think the the link up between Atlanta and United, I think there's a there's a link there at how they've resourced the player, you know, done their scouting reports etc. but you know, to play at any international level, you know, Venezuela, he's he's got to be of a good standard regardless uh how well they do in the the Copa America etc. You know the, the likes of Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, you know, these sort of teams are, you know, your bread and butter. You know every player in those teams, however To play internationally, he must be of a good standard And I'm sure they've done, like I said They've done a due diligence and looking into the player And um, it's very good that he brings that attack and threat And he's able to play three or four positions So you can utilise him right along the right-hand side And potentially into the middle of the park as well So um, I'm very intrigued to see how he actually gets on And I wish him all the best
0: Yeah, and Dave, like we touched on briefly The one's out, Wilson and Gleason on the final day I think Gleason obviously just hasn't worked through injury Yeah, mainly... um, and Wilson, I thought in the summer, a slightly strange one Didn't didn't play a whole lot of minutes while he was here on loan Then given a permanent contract And it's just not quite worked out And probably for the best for both parties for, for him to yeah. move on
1: Yeah, absolutely, you know, we wish him all the best He seems a really nice guy And, you know, his ability's never been in question But for whatever reason, it's just, it's just never happened for him which, which, which is sad, but, you know, these things uh, do happen in football Some, Something interesting about the uh, transfer market um, interesting reply from Derek McInnes we've been asking him if he might still bring in a free agent or two?
2: We'll see, I think uh, we've had a decent window to be honest I think bringing McGeoch Kennedy will get better as, as he goes along um, and Hernandez who we're really excited about I think it's a type of signing we should be making at the club um, that young potential uh, uh, the ability to go and improve And uh, he brings another one who brings speed uh, But creativity from the sides um, And he's a boy who we're looking forward to working with So very few managers get everything they want in January But I'm pretty pleased with the work we've done
0: Yeah, absolutely I think we all agree fairly Decent window And now before we move on to the predictor One last thing I want to touch on On that Rangers-Aberdeen game is Is this the same as happened last year with Rangers? Straight back from the winter break Stuttering again it seems to be we we had a title race. All of a sudden, it's it's a bit of a damp squib already, isn't
3: it? Yeah, I think it's it's still quite early to to, to be looking at it that way. I think the, the last few results that Rangers have had, they've dropped points. Whereas Celtic, you know, they're very they're ruthless. You know, they they go away. They're quite convincing with their victories of late. Um, I'm hoping as a, a as a neutral looking at it that. You know, maybe Celtic can drop some points and um, Rangers can close the gap because you want that as a, a neutral. You know, make it interesting towards the end of the season. I think they have improved as a squad. I think Derek touched on that as well. That the squad that um, Stephen Gerrard's put together at Rangers. You know, they are capable of pushing for that um, that that title, um, which is always good for for Scottish football. The only thing is, you want Aberdeen, to, you know, be closer to them and pushing, pushing mm. Celtic and Rangers. So uh, here's hoping.
0: But from a from a from a player's point of view, how how big is that psychologically for those Rangers and Celtic players? That I think everyone saw Rangers do exactly the same thing last year, win win the kind of pre-winter break old firm, be right but right in there, and then drop points quickly, where they possibly shouldn't, get straight after the break, and they've done it again. Both sides are seeing this, and then you see Celtic yesterday go behind come back and get the job done quite convincingly is that going to be start playing on the, the rangers players mind
3: i'm sure they will be they'll, they'll be fully aware of it psychologically i don't know how much of an effect the winter camp the amount of times that you know some teams go away and they come back and they, they falter for three or four games you know they, they find it hard to get back up to speed whereas if you're playing right through that period the the, the standard the level that we're playing at would be a lot higher um Again, it's just different for each team to be honest. But the Rangers players will be aware of psychologically. You know, we've dropped a few points here, which you know we should be expecting to win and uh, really put the pressure on Celtic. But I think it's still quite early. They'll still have a, a few games to play each other, and you know, I think there'll be a lot of, a lot of twists and turns before the end of the season. Yes, well Dave. That takes us on to the predictor, and I believe you have
0: the the latest scores. Yes. <laughs>
1: Do you want the league table? Let's let's go for the league table, and we'll go through how we got on this week. Okay, well, let's start at the bottom then, because that's where I am. Um, I I gained. uh (laughs) <laughs> one point at <of> the weekend <laughs> even by my own uh, low standards I've I've pushed the bar down even lower uh, I'm on 72 points the Red Army they got three points they're on 76 uh, Mike McDermott's uh, got two points he's on 85 you're good self Alan you've slipped off the, the top of the table you're on the slide my son uh, three points you're on 90 and then the two old sages um Shiners and uh, Dave Mack, Uh they are both on ninety-five points, tied at the top. Dave got four, Andrew got five points at the weekend.
0: Yeah, so wow. How did let's see where we went wrong then? Starting off, Hibs St Mirren.
1: Well, um, the result was a, a two-two draw. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Um, I went for 2 0
0: Hibs, as
3: did Stuart. Yeah,
0: if Hibs and. Actually played in the first twenty minutes. It might have been.
3: Yeah. Um, again, you know, a result that probably most people didn't see coming. You know, um, Saint Mirren I think Hibs have really pushed on. I think as an attacking force, they're quite good going forward. Whereas I thought that Saint Mirren would stifle them a little bit, and hence, hence the draw. But um, a good high-scoring game there.
0: Yeah, and suddenly, Christian Dodge Dave scoring lots of goals. Yeah,
1: I mean, we saw him in that game at Putaudry where he, he could easily have had a hat-trick. And, you know, you, you you wouldn't have bet on him hitting uh, a coup on the backside with a banjo uh, that day. But but look at him now. You know, surge of confidence uh, coming through him. So, so, well done to him.
0: Yes, and on to Kilmarnock-Ross County. 3-1 win for Killy.
1: Yeah, Killy, the side who... Uh, couldn't buy a win they seem to be in total freefall um, suddenly start getting back on track just when they're preparing for a cup tie at, at Petaudry let's hope they uh, they hit the buffers in the cup tie on Saturday But um, I went for 1-0 Ross County Stuart went for 1-1 but uh, Killy got back to winning ways with a, a 3-1 triumph
0: oh, I think that's kind of f- first win in 8 is it Dave?
1: Yeah, they, they had like seven seven, seven straight defeats. Um, and, you know, for me, I thought they were looking ominously like the Hibs team under um, Terry Butcher a few years ago. They were fifth in the league and everybody said, ah, they're, they're doing well, they're doing well. And then they hit the slide and everybody said, no, they're too good to go down. They're too big to go down. Oh, they've gone down. Yes. you know, I thought Kelly, was, Kelly were maybe going along that same path, but, uh, you know, uh, a good
0: fight back by them there. Maybe just stop the rot slightly on that one Big three points at home for Livy Four wins on the bounce now Yeah,
1: Motherwell, you know Being streetwise at Petaudry recently And just doing what they had to do to to get a win A business like uh, victory at Petaudry They've not been able to uh, really follow that up to any great extent Um, 1-0 Livy I went for 2-2 and uh, Stuart went for one uh, nil to Motherwell.
0: No, I think. Well, we we'll probably only to stop being surprised by Livy picking up these wins, especially at home, don't we? They, <laughs> it, I, it's all it's all too regular to be to be a fluke now.
3: Yeah, I think they've been quite a, a breath of fresh air to the SPL. You know, once you know since they came back up, you know, everybody was probably looking at them thinking, you know, they'll find themselves down the, the, the bottom end of the table. But I think they've you know they've complemented themselves really well this year, and you know. They've got a, a really good squad, there and it's a very, very difficult place to go down there, Livingston, and hence the reason. You know, I think Motherwell came up to Petodria a few weeks ago, and you know, putting a, a very rigid performance, and it just shows um, the calibre that they are playing at now, Livingston, and it's good to see actually.
0: And you would think a pro- just about to stick on for top six on current form, Dave.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I have to say a word of praise for the the manager as well. He's done. Um, in, incredibly well, uh, Gary Holt. Um, very good young manager. He clearly knows what buttons to push and how to get the best out of individuals. How to mould the side together. So, excellent stuff
0: for him. And moving on quickly to Rangers Aberdeen, we better give Mr. Shiny his moment of glory on this one, Dave. After, yeah. after we laughed at
1: it. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we were both going, No, <laughs> no, nil, nil, yeah, okay, aye, uh, good luck with that. Uh, but. That, that, that's how it turned out you know a lot of sides uh, will not be able to come away from Ibrox with a clean sheet that's for for absolute certain
0: and finally, possible game of the weekend St Johnston at home to hearts on Saturday Dave yeah I
1: was uh, I was dispatched to, to, to cover that game while a, a colleague covered uh, Rangers Aberdeen um, the second half was one of the one of the best I've seen this season it was excellent the first half was ordinary um, the second half was was thrilling and two sides going at it. And, you know, it could easily have been, you know, a, a, an even higher scoring draw on the balance of play. It could easily have been 5 all. Uh, very, very entertaining. And it really looked like St Johnson had got a victory um, the hard way, going in front, conceding an equaliser, going 2 1 down, coming back, equalising again, then going 3 2 ahead, and then. Sean Clare, what an outstanding goal in the ninety-first minute! What what a hit from the from the edge of the D! So
0: really entertaining stuff overall. Enjoyed it. Stuart that that last gasp equaliser, a point enough to lift hearts off the bottom of the table on goal difference, unbeaten
3: in four. Is this the start of them getting out of it? Um, I'm not too sure if I would go that far. I think you touch on you know new managers come in, you normally get a reaction. I think you didn't get that with them. Um, yeah, Stendhal coming in at Hearts, I think they they did they did falter, they found it very hard. But I don't think everybody would have predicted such a high-scoring game down at um, St Johnston as well. But again, both both of those sides have been finding it hard to score goals. So mm. uh, another the, uh, the flip side of that, you know, they they both conceded three goals each, and they've got. I think both of them will be quite happy with taking a point. But creativity-wise, moving forward to score three goals is fantastic. But at the end of the day, you know, coming away with a point, I think you'll. Both teams will probably, be, especially St Johnson, I think would feel a bit aggrieved that it didn't come away with the three losing such a late goal. But, um no exciting game.
1: Yeah, so Stuart got the the the, the outcome right uh, with a 1-1. I'd actually gone for 2-1 for Hearts. I thought they were going to build on that excellent victory over Rangers, but uh,
0: not to be. Oh, well, you saw them in, in the flesh, Dave. Do Hearts still look like a relegation threat inside for you? Or do you think they're going to have enough? No, they don't. I mean, um, they could have been...
1: Comfortably ahead, um, they could have been a couple of goals ahead at half time. They were, uh, they were two one up, and you know they they, they looked good, they looked well organised, they looked um, threatening as well, but um,
0: ended up three three. As we know, no, I I don't I don't think for a minute they'll they'll be relegated. No. and finally on the predictor, then on to Sunday, Hamilton at home to Celtic
1: yeah well, I went for four nil Celtic Stuart went three nil Celtic and it was despite the fact that Hamilton actually scored first and had a really bright, decent start to the game. Celtic won um four uh, one job done for them, good professional performance by the by the sound of things Hamilton they remain my my tips to to go down
0: yeah, well, Hamilton I think man down and conceding within the minute.
1: Yeah,
3: I think
0: it was always going to be tough
3: from there, wasn't it? it you know, you are coming up against Celtic. I think they're, you know, they always get, seem to make it difficult for the the top sides there. But I think after the the last few weeks at Hamilton, we've had probably out out of football. It's it's been a, a distraction. It's probably affected the players in some degree. It must have. But um, kudos to Brian Rice for publicly coming out. And you know, I think it's it's quite admirable that he did do that. But at the same time, I think it's it's going to have an effect on the squad. Um, moving to the last uh, latter part of the season but again Celtic ruthless when they go down there they've got abundance of quality right throughout their squad technically they look very strong defensively you know I think they'll be disappointed to concede however Hamilton came out at the start of the match and you know really got, got at them uh, probably a bit surprised that they actually took the lead however um, it's about then holding on to it but again Celtic very very strong and they're looking like a real top quality side, but it'll be interesting to see how the European fixtures affect both Celtic and Rangers' or squads. You know whether that be injuries, suspensions, etc. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, and I think well, Dave, we've not really touched on it much on the show. Obviously, is the the situation with Brian Rice? Yes, and the the ten game ban, five suspended, and I think there are there has been lots and lots on other platforms around gambling in Scottish football and Scottish football's connection to gambling. Um, but I think we could do a whole show on that, can we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, Brian Rice himself, you know, I, I totally echo Stuart's uh, sentiments on uh, Brian Rice. He held his hands up. He handed himself in. He, he admits that he's got a disease and he's trying to fight this disease. So uh, the way that he is tackling it is absolutely the right way. It's the honest way of doing it. He knows he's done wrong and he said, I'll take whatever punishment uh, comes my way and he's going to have ongoing treatments so you have to say uh, the very best of luck to a, a decent, honest
0: guy Absolutely Well that wraps up the predictor for this week and now we get to find out a wee bit more about Stuart Duff and the stories he hasn't told in the media yet
3: No, I'll need to I'll need to watch right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> It's alright we, we've got a
1: bleep if there's any um, any swear words come no, no. out so, so we're okay
0: No, So just starting off what kind you of your standout memories from your time at Aberdeen Let's go on the pitch first um, On the pitch, <laughs>
3: I think if you look at the You know, the season that we had Under Jimmy Calderwood, we were finishing Fourth, I think it was, got us into Europe um, That was that was a standout You know, for me, being an Aberdeen Born and bred player, you know, it was always An ambition of mine to come back and play for my home, hometown Club and I was more than Fortunate to, to be given That opportunity, and you know I had, a, I had a fantastic couple of years at Aberdeen Probably the second year wasn't as, as enjoyable under uh, the gu- guideship of Mark McGee. You know, I think it was uh, a little bit frustrating from my point of view, but overall my time there, you know, I've, I've still got a lot of friends at the club, you know, the people that work inside the club as well are very, uh, a, a nice place to work and um, I've always got a soft spot for Aberdeen and, I'm, you know, hence the reason why I'm working in an academy now. I've got a good relationship there and uh, I really hope that they can push on. Yeah, uh, un-
1: un- under Mark McGee... Uh- everybody thought it sounded like a great move by the club to appoint a, a, a Gothenburg legend and it just did not work in fact it was disastrous many would say that aberdeen were heading for relegation under him. where do you think it, it it went wrong under mark
3: um to be honest i think from me me being in the squads i think that a lot of the emphasis was put on a lot of young players at um one time um it was you know, if you look at most managers, they'll, they'll integrate a younger player, you know, maybe one or two at a time maximum and give them a few sparing minutes, get their experience up. Whereas I think under Matt McGee, he, you know, probably put in seven or eight younger players who didn't have that experience, didn't have that game knowledge, the probably stronger mentality that some of the more experienced players had. So I think that's that's some somewhere where, you know, not a, not a lot of people looked into, you know, I'm all for, you know, giving younger players the opportunity, but it has to be um a certain amount at a time and whatnot. But I think that's where the faltered a little bit in the uh throughout his his reign as manager.
1: I mean many many would say that he put his foot in things, he put his foot in it on his first day in the
3: job when he said <laughs> yeah. publicly, Well, I'd rather have been at Celtic. I that's not a good start. No, no. I think that the the admiration that all the Aberdeen fans did have for him, you know, the score of the Gothenburg Greats and whatnot, um, that slowly diminished after that comment and, you know, that's it, it's not the right way to start your career at any, any football club is to to say one of your biggest rivals. You know, I would have preferred to go there. I understand it's uh it's a very, very big job at Celtic, but at the same time, you know, so is so is an Aberdeen, you know, if you ask anybody, it's a it's a huge job in, in Scotland and to come out and say that on your first public Interview really um, it was quite surprising, and us as players, you know, we were scratching our head at that as well. But uh, you just got to get right behind them and do your best for them.
0: So, yeah. but as as a player, when a manager goes out and says something like that in the in in, in the media, do, do the players discuss it as well? Is, is there a bit of a round the dressing room? Does th- he actually said that?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. You know, it's it was it was public knowledge. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, taken out of context from a, a a press point of view or anything like that. You know, those. You know, it was video recorded, etc. There's, there's no real getting out of it. So, um, yes, of course, it's surprising. You want your manager to come out and say, "Listen, I'm, I'm fully behind Aberdeen. This is where I want to be." You know, really looking moving forward, and that does get your players wanting to play for you. Whereas, um, I don't think the players didn't want to play for him. But it's like I said, we were aware of that those comments, and it's probably not the best start uh, to start your career at Aberdeen.
1: Did 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 Mark McGee lose the dressing room?
3: <laughs> um, that's a pretty flat out question But I think um, After a period of time I think there was a few more Of the more experienced players That felt aggrieved That The realisation of Not being given an opportunity And knowing that they could still Do a job for Aberdeen um, He was You know I wouldn't say tunnel vision but he he was set in his ways he wanted to stick by his ways and it wasn't working um, at that time and it wasn't until he actually brought the experienced players back into the squad I think they won 7 out of the last 10 which kept them up quite comfortably but at the same time it was too late by then and he ended up getting rid of all those experienced players in the summer anyway and reverting back to the younger players and the, the same thing happened the following season I was away by that point and um, they the really did struggle for form and, it was just too much to ask and so a lot of the players probably weren't ready for it and um, yeah, I think th- there is an element of that but it's probably more frustration from the players
1: do, do you feel that Mark McGee n- never gave you a chance? Is that, is that what kind of made you
3: move on? I mean, did, did, you, did you fall out with him? Or? Um, to be honest, no, I didn't um, I probably, a bit of my downfall probably throughout my career was I was quite flexible playing a few positions so I could play down the left-hand side or the right or central I've always said that central was always my preferred position. However, I, if I if I was due to fill in a certain position, right or left, I would do it. However, you know there was a few times that I did feel that I was hung out to dry a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you know I'm, I'm big enough and strong enough to take that on the chin. But I I personally didn't have a an issue with him. Um, I felt that I went and I went on loan to Inverness for a month over the the January window played the likes of Dundee, Dunfermline, Wraith Rovers and Inverness were top of the championship at that point and flying, absolutely flying, so the standard of games that they were playing against was against three of the top five, so it was really good for me to go and get those minutes. I came back, I was absolutely flying and Aberdeen would really struggling at this point and I thought, you know, if, if, if I can't get into the squads now or start playing now after my performances while I've been at Inverness then the kind of writings on the wall a little bit, so I was a bit aggrieved by that um where I knew that if I was given an opportunity to play center midfield or around that area, then I would have uh, been more than capable of helping Aberdeen out and doing you know getting the performances up not myself, but I would have helped the squad as a whole
1: you you were in a much happier place when Jimmy Calderwood was was there weren't you Stuart and um under Jimmy, you scored your only goal. For Aberdeen, but it was in a, a big big game, wasn't it? A four two win over Celtic. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, the the build up to that was actually quite an interesting. When I was out for probably eight to nine weeks with a, a double knee operation, so I came back and, um, obviously I had no idea of you know I'm not going to be involved in the squad at all. We actually played the RAF at Balgowny on the, on the Wednesday. Uh, played forty five minutes and I got taken off, so I was I was absolutely fuming because I was I was what in the minutes. Um. Lo and behold, I think Jimmy had seen enough. Where he, he thought that I could do a job on Saturday. He turned up, and you know you're in the starting lineup. So, the first 15, 20 minutes of that game just kind of flew by. You know, I was breathing out my backside. You know, I'd, I wasn't I wasn't anywhere near as match fit. But um, to get an assist uh, for the first goal and then score the score the second was obviously a high point of my career at Aberdeen and a fantastic result and a, a great day all round. And oh, I mean, apart from that, what what are the other kind of games that
0: really stand out from your from your time at the club?
3: I used to always like playing against um, Celtic Rangers, whether that be at home or away. Um, I Tynecastle as well. It's a very you know quite a tight stadium. Uh, just the fact of pulling on a jersey for Aberdeen, you know, you know how much it meant to my family, a lot of my friends, a lot of the punters and stuff. And for me, it was it was all about that, doing my best for what I could for the club as a whole. So. There probably isn't too many games that, that stand out. Obviously playing for, playing in Europe, um, for Aberdeen, all, albeit the results were absolutely terrible, but um that that's a big, you know, a feather kind of on the cap. You want to play in Europe and um, test yourself against the technically and stronger sides in Europe, so that was that was something and some of the players who you played with at Aberdeen at that point, you know, the Alexis Shawnee, Aluko, Charlie McGrew, you know, these types of guys who went on to have fantastic careers down south. And uh, it just shows that the, the calibre of a player was there. It was just um, the other side of it.
0: Yes, but speaking of the other side of it, you've mentioned kind of Mulgrew and Aluco, who were obviously standouts yep. at that time. Were, were there any that came in at your time at the club that certainly weren't to that standard, <laughs> to, put it, to put it nicely? <laughs> there was, <laughs> <laughs> were, there, were there any that turned up at training and you went? Really? Where where have we got this guy
3: from? There there were there were a few. I won't won't go into names because it would it it wouldn't be right of doing that. But (laughs) I'm sure that most of the fans are mostly aware of who they are. But um, there was some of well, there was a a player in particular literally couldn't pass a ball maybe ten yards. He he'd be okay, you know, clearing his lines and whatnot, heading the ball, but um, technically just awful. So I don't really know what the what the thought on bringing him in was, but um, you're going to get that, you know. Not every not every signing is going to be fantastic, but um, there are times where you look at players and go, "Oh my word, what is he do?" And then you find that they're playing the Saturday ahead of you. It's, you must think, of, I, "I can't be great either." So, yeah. <laughs>
1: wow, that must be so destroying. Um, I bet you've seen a few tasty um, bust-ups in the Aberdeen squads. What what would be the the worst that that you've seen?
3: Um, Bust ups Do you want to know something I'm all for arguments And a bit of scrapping and training I think that shows intensity Mm -hmm. You know in a match day You go on a Saturday You're not going to You know Guys are not going to pamper to your needs And whatnot. You know You play against the likes of Motherwell Hamilton They're going to be right up in your face And make it very difficult for you But There wasn't really any I wouldn't say Square goes You know There wasn't anything like that There was a, a lot of You know Guys grabbing each other's um, shirts thrown each other about a little bit, but it was all very professional. Whereas if something like that did happen, you know, it was a quick minute handshake after, and the boys made light of it after. You know, in the dressing room, try to get the you know we'd lay out the boxing gloves in the centre of the dressing room, saying right, we're going for round two. But uh, which did happen now and again in the gym. So um, ah, you know, that's probably something that's missing a little bit. You know, there's that intensity in training. Because everybody says, you know, you you tra- you should train as you aim to play, and um, to have that level of intensity and get wired in about boys, I, I I like nothing more about that.
1: You play with a few wind-up merchants as well. What what would be the who would be the biggest culprits? I, th- I think I might have a rough idea, the names you might come out with, but surprise yeah.
3: me. <laughs> I think at Aberdeen. When I first arrived, there was the likes of Dar Mackey, Derek Young. See what I mean? Yeah, these, these, <laughs> these types of boys. Um, they're just mischief, so you literally couldn't leave your clothes or anything. As soon as you left, you'd be reading the paper, they'd slap out your hand, or there was one with a cup in the, in the door, so every time you came through the door, it <laughs> it came down on you, and that actually happened to Jimmy Calder. We'd once well, a cup of in, water, yeah, 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 yeah. Cup of water, so there was, <laughs> daily it was, you know, you were not safe. Um, and obviously once they left, obviously Charlie McGrew and a few other guys came in and That was the other flip side of it, you know, they'd be barricading your car in with snow and out in the ash park, not thinking, you know, the ash is going to scrape the paint off your car, stuff like that, but uh, no, it was a really good restroom throughout my time there and um, a lot of of wind-up merchants.
1: (laughs) Um, You also went over to the other side of the world for a bit, Kazakhstan, Kalina Almaty.
3: What made you do that and what was it like? Um, to be honest, I was on the verge of signing for Dunfermline, I was actually in the car with Mark Kerr wow. at that time, away to sign the contract, everything had been agreed, um, my agent at that time had phoned and said, listen, there's an opportunity in Kazakhstan, if if you would, if you, if you would fancy it, and it was always an ambition to play abroad, yeah. uh, not knowing anything about the country, and at that time it was the film Borat that was out, so that was the the closest kind of thing, the first automatic thought was that, uh, to my peril, which I found out. What I mentioned to the guys when I went over, and they were furious. They were. <laughs> uh, I mentioned it once, and that was it. So they didn't um, sell
1: mankinis out there. Oh no.
3: God, no! They were. They were <laughs> absolutely furious. They uh, said oh, if he ever came into the country, you know, he'd be, he'd be killed. He'd be uh, kidnapped and taken away, what not. So I, furious. it was a bit big eye opener, but I. Thoroughly enjoyed my time over there. It was a fantastic setup. You know, the, the standard over there as well was very, very high. You know, I'd, I'd always said to people it was very similar to the SPL, if not better, to be honest, because you had a lot of uh, internationals playing for each squad, five or six in each squad, and they were high-caliber, Russians, um, Polish, some German internationals, you know, just, like, incredible. Um, and Aberdeen, actually got drawn against Chaira a few years later after I came home, so it just showed you kind of where they were at. But I, I really enjoyed my time over there. Culturally, language, you know, it just opened my eyes my eyes up to kind of the world as a whole because I think in Scotland you'd be you can be quite closed minded with wow. a lot of things. Um but no, fantastic and I would recommend it to anybody. Migh. Wow,
0: what amazing. Do one thing I just want to touch on quickly before we finish up, is I think we go back to Kind of, We spoke earlier about Derek McInnes almost being a victim of his own success at the club and I think looking back on it now people think a lot the same of Jimmy Calderwood that actually J- Jimmy was doing a fairly decent job then ended up being replaced and then it all kind of went horribly wrong. Do you think that's possibly a warning to fans at the moment that need to remember that with, with Derek McInnes? Yeah, um, there, there,
3: there is an element of that. Um, I, I tend to hear a lot of fans saying, you know, what is there at McInnes won, Blah blah blah, etc. And the thing is, you know, if you look at his record, he's been to numerous semi-finals, finals, etc. And they're one-off games. You know, you can win them, and it would have been nice for Aberdeen to win a couple more cups or be pushing a little bit more. However, to get yourself in that position, you're looking at six, seven games anyway, and um, I think that's probably the only thing that's missing, and it's it's a little bit harsh and, and Derek McInish and I think he's done a fantastic job in um, basically steadying the ship at Aberdeen because I think for a lot of years it was a bit up and down with his consistency levels they've been top four easily every year qualifying for Europe challenging for Cups um, I think the next big push that fans would like to see would be obviously pushing Rangers to Celtic a little bit more obviously getting to a Cup Final trying to win a couple of Cups and having a decent run in Europe I think that's the and um, people need to be realistic at the same time you know Aberdeen don't have the financial backing that Sales and Rangers do whereas they need to focus a lot on the youth academies which they have done and I think Cormac Park will play a big part in that and um, you're looking at the production line it's not going to be an overnight thing but I think in years to come that Aberdeen will start producing younger players whether that be the play for Aberdeen first team or the sell them on That's a financial game for the club as a whole, but um, the likes of Dean Campbell, Ethan Ross, these Connor Barron—you know—they're in around the squad, and that's that's really interesting to see. And um, I'm delighted, and I think uh, I think there will be potential there to involve them a lot more.
0: Well, Dave, just quickly, we've got two games before we are Mm. back. Two big games. How, How do you see them going? I am very confident
1: that you know the result on Saturday. Uh, against Rangers I'm really hopeful that that could be a turning point that could be a springboard for Aberdeen it has renewed my confidence in the side I think Aberdeen will have uh, two convincing uh, home wins, I'm back to being Dave the Optimist now Um, Aberdeen will sweep St Johnson aside and then march through to the the next round of, of the Scottish Cup so I am convinced that we will be Sitting here next Monday, saying Aberdeen's looking good. There you are. There we
3: go. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would definitely agree with that. I think they're in a upward tra- trajectory now. I am with that result at the weekend. You know, it, you know. Okay, they didn't score, but it, to uh, stifle a, a good Rangers side, you know, moving into the likes of St Johnson and Kilmarnock I think it's it's a vitally important stage of the season. And a lot of these games have been almost forgotten about it to go away. And, take six points from that and they obviously won the next cut for the City and then another, another very very tough game but very very optimistic for the next game if you, you anticipate them to, to come away with two victories thank you very
0: much for joining us Stuart it's been a pleasure hope you've enjoyed yourself Yeah. Been, well, well, I have been Alan Davidson and this has been The Red Review North Sound 1 Red Review